Constance, welcome to Tea Time with Ali Mondra. I've got my cup of tea in my hand. So, how are you today? How's your day been? Well, it's been uneventful. <laughs> I had a talk with my GP, and um, then I went to the pharmacy, and I've been running a WhatsApp forum. So I've been posting different things, receiving postings and posting stuff onto the forum. And that's kept me busy. Lovely. I mean, you are busy, aren't you, with your group that you run a community group. I mean, obviously you're not meeting in person at the moment because of COVID-19. Um, but, but tell me about that again, because that, that really is quite an interesting project, isn't it? Well, we started a lunch club for the Black and Minority Ethnic group of elderly people, you know, from age 55 or 60 plus. And it's been going for four years. We have people from about 13 different territories, including England and India. But the majority, they're from the Caribbean. We have on roll about 51 people who would come from time to time, but the core group, the regulars, they amount to 37. We used to meet on every week on a Tuesday from 10.30 to half past three. But during this, lock, this lockdown or lock-in, we've had to change how we keep in touch with each other because the whole idea is to help people, support people who feel isolated and who are who could be depressed. So um, during lockdown, it's been very important for us to select people who would really be in need, for example, those who live on their own, yeah. and keep in contact with them. And the WhatsApp forum seems to be the best thing to use, the best medium to use. That's and really we, good though, isn't it? I mean, you're, you're, you stretch to do with caring over years and years, Constance, don't you? Yeah, yeah, that's what I came into this world to do, Ali. <laughs> so let, let, let's just wind the clock back a little bit because, you know, you, you came over to the UK in the 70s, didn't you? And yes. And you as a nurse. For the NHS. Yes, yes. Yes, yes I, I came in the 70s as a nurse already qualified. So it was very easy for me to get registered here in England. And um, we settled in Reading because my husband had already lived in Reading. And um, I started to work at the Battle Hospital. Wow, that, that's quite something. I mean, it, it is 72 years, uh, you know, the, the NHS is 72 years old this week. It was on the 5th of July. And, mm. you know, uh, the, the Windrush generation were part of being nurses as well, brought over to be nurses for the NHS, weren't they? And do you think, you know, in, in that sort of time, um, as well, growing up, you you kind of aspired to be a nurse. Was it, it like you know the the rock and roll lifestyle of a celebrity now being a nurse? <laughs> well, I guess that all that I knew about profession wise when I was growing up is it was a good thing to be a nurse. I really didn't know what being a nurse entailed, <laughs> not until. I actually became a student nurse. And I don't know if about a rock and roll style, but um, 
it's it's been very good it's been it's helped me to develop as a person as a human being and also given me the opportunity to sort of give back to the world by caring for people in different from different walks of life because as a nurse well even today as a nurse especially as a student nurse one just doesn't work in one area we move from department to department so we we've been able well i've been able to work with people who've had different health needs which has been a very good thing i mean you've been a nurse for 25 years that that's complete dedication isn't it yes 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 and i did enjoy being a nurse but I left nursing because, again, I went to another type of nursing. I left hospital care to work with people in the community, with the homeless, the mentally ill in the community. So I've, I think I've always been a nurse. Up to now, I'm a nurse, I think. Yeah, definitely. It, it sounds like it's in your blood. but. You know, there is actually a story behind um, the reason why you became a nurse as well. And it, it, it was because of your uncle's influence, wasn't it? Yes, my uncle lived with us. And um, he was a male nurse. And at that time, being a male nurse was a bit of a novelty. And um, because, you, you know, nursing is... Nursing is really a female field, but not a female field. Women just predominate in nursing. So to have one or two male nurses, it was something. And um, so he had lots of girlfriends who would come through the house from time to time. And that's how I got introduced to this concept of being a nurse. Hmm. And, you know, it, it, is, it is true that at the time, you know, I mean, obviously nursing is a very dedicated thing to do and you have to be, because you're effectively, um, you're putting other people's lives above your own. Um, so, I mean, at the time, was it, it was obviously something, you know, like modern day generation aspire to be, you know, in the media or celebrities. I, I, was it, is it true to say that perhaps your generation kind of aspired to be nurses? Yeah, yes, I think that um, that comparison is correct. That in my, in my time as a young nurse, being a nurse or being a teacher was like a celebrity thing. So when you were a nurse you wore a uniform and you were e easily identified and it was just you just got the respect of people in the community yeah. so in a, in a similar way people who are celebrities today maybe those on stage or those who are always in the media perhaps we were like that yeah and but i mean today, but, but today, nursing, even nursing in England, um, I, I don't think that nurses feel as though they're, they're celebrities. I think it's the, it's the opposite, that in as much as nursing education is as vastly improved, and we have a real student status now. In my day, we didn't have student status. We were just employees, so to speak. But today, nurses go to university they're more nursing is more on the way to being a true profession did you you studied in the west indies to be a nurse isn't that right yeah i studied in well okay let's use the term west indies even though i'm not west indian as such but socially i imagine that that we are i am caribbean But um, be because where I grew up was still, there was still the great colonial influence, the nursing was, was almost similar because the people who taught me at home in Guyana, who ran the nursing schools, they were English people really. 
and they just took the, the, the same system from England and applied it to the colonies. So when, when I came to England, there wasn't much that, that was different. Right. But then, yeah. But then again, I had the opportunity to study at university, to do nursing education and, and administration. So perhaps um, I am a bit of a celebrity, or I was. <laughs> Yeah, you are. You are in my eyes, definitely. And I mean, um, I mean, now obviously we've we've got the NHS heroes because you know of fighting on the front line, but with to do with COVID nineteen. But in all honesty, um, any nursing staff or doctors as well included have always been celebrities because they, you know are the people that, that go beyond and above to, to put their lives um, after other people, you know, and put other people first. I mean, that, that's really quite, as I said, that, that's true dedication, isn't it? Yes, that's true dedication, but sometimes uh, recently with this COVID, with this pandemic, um, I've been thinking that Perhaps we are scaring people. We tend not to act wisely. Because when you look at the fact that many nurses, many frontline people were working with COVID patients, with highly infectious patients, without proper um, gear, without proper PPE. And that's putting oneself at risk. And it's like being on an airplane. When the oxygen level is, has been diminished, well, what, did, what do they tell us? How do they advise us? If you have a young child, you put on your mask first, make sure you have oxygen, and then you look at the child. And you know, for us to say that we are very caring people. We put ourselves before the patient. It's a bit unwise because we need to protect ourselves so that we are going to be healthy, so we'll be able to work for longer hours and longer days with patients. When we expose ourselves to, to risks, well, it's not, we're not being safe. And being, being unsafe means that you're unwise. It's like that. So yes, on the one hand, you you you're trying to you're committed and you're trying to help people because this is what you signed up for. But then, how could you help people when you you're not helping yourself? It, it shouldn't happen like that. No, I understand what you're saying. I mean. Obviously, you've got great hindsight as well because you've been a nurse for 25 years and you've had all those experiences as well. And, you know, perhaps um, people working in it day to day don't, don't quite see, have the same, same view as you do. Was that a question? No, no, I'm just, I'm just, yeah, sort of, you yeah. know, yeah, I mean, you can, yeah, I mean, what, what, what do you think? I mean, you know, I mean, you, as I said, you, you, you have been a nurse for 25 years and that, that is, is an amazing thing to do. And obviously, you know, you have a lot of experience, don't you, um, within that yeah. field. But no, I do agree with you. I mean, it, it is sometimes, um, not very wise, is it, to, to kind of not put yourself first and, and think more about the protective element to do with PPE, etc. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's true because when you open yourself to infection, you could end up transmitting that infection to other patients. So we, we always have to stand back and think about what we're doing, you know, examine the situation wisely, and then we'll be able to act wisely. Yeah, 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 mm. definitely. I mean, did you ever find when you were nursing that there was any sort of um, 
discrimination because you know you are a woman as well because i'm a woman i don't i don't think so i don't think so because even before i came to england i didn't um i didn't experience any discrimination because i'm i'm a woman and even working working here in england i can't say that i have as a matter of fact i think it's to the contrary when i came to as i told you before i think in our first conversation that when i came to england i came as a highly qualified nurse and i i started to work at battle hospital and um i i had to almost start all over again but not at the, at the very the lowest level. I didn't become a student nurse or anything like that. I became a registered nurse. And at a time there was a, the superintendent of nursing at Battle Hospital it was a man named um, Cox, Mr. Cox. I don't remember his first name. And he called me to his office one day and he said that he wanted to do something for me. And I, you know, I was new to the culture and I just didn't know what that meant. And he said that, that if I had, if he had gone to where I had come from, if he had gone to the Caribbean to work as a nurse, well, he would have had, he would have been put in a similar position to the one that he'd left in England. So, for example, he was a superintendent of a hospital. Perhaps they would have made him, made him superintendent of a hospital in the Caribbean. But he said that in England, that system doesn't exist at all. That no way could I be this highly qualified nurse, whatever, in England. But he said that he'd been thinking about helping me in some way. And he came up with the idea that the best way to help me was to give me the maximum staff nurses pay and to me that was a real godsend <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I couldn't believe it because i i had to um go back to being a staff nurse on um maybe first year staff nurses pay and he was telling me, well, look, I've, I've seen the situation that you're in and um, we don't have a system here whereby you could be what you used to be, where you've come from. But I'm going to make sure that you get some more money. And, and that was very, very good. That was very kind of him. And I, I always tell the story. I hope that he's not dead so that somebody somewhere would tell him that they heard me talking about him. It was the kindest thing that he could have done for me. Well, do you know that that is an amazing story, isn't it? You know, and and real good. It you know it shows that there there's some wonderful people out there who were always willing to help. Yes, um, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. He was a very he was a very kind and thoughtful and fair-minded person. He went out of his way. He didn't have to do that. But he did it anyway. He didn't have to. He yeah. did it. No, that 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 is very nice. That is very nice. So, I mean, you you would obviously through your experiences that there was, you know, great equality sounds like between men and women. Well, I heard that the male nurses got more money, got a higher salary than the female nurses. But um, I, I've never explored that and I don't know if it is true. But at the time when I heard it, I thought, no, that could never be. That it's a profession, we work under the government, so how could uh, somebody get more money a man a male nurse get more money than a female nurse i couldn't 
I couldn't work that out. I couldn't get my head around that. But I never pursued it. I never investigated because to me, it, it was fake news. <laughs> but um, it obviously wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I learned that it wasn't, that it was true, and I'm just thinking, how could that really be? How could that be? Because he's a man, because he's male. But um, I never felt like investigating it. You know, sometimes it all depends on what's happening in your life at a particular point in time that you have other things to think about. <laughs> you can't take on another war. So perhaps. That's the reason why I didn't investigate, investigate it. And also, I was in a, a, a strange country. The culture was different. The laws were different. It would have taken me ages to, it wasn't a time to fight about that sort of thing. No. I mean, you've been here, haven't you, now for, for a long, long time. I mean, this is your home. and. You know that this is where you live and your friends and family are so i mean um you know it, it's you've yeah as i said it is completely your home isn't it now and um things have changed i mean dramatically since when you first came over i mean we we now we do have a little bit more quality than than you know, we ever did before with the gender pay gap, etc. Don't you think? Yes, things have changed. There seems to be some some improvement when it comes to equality gender. But it's going to take a, a very long time because maybe maybe. With the next generation, it's, it's going to happen because female nurses, on the whole, are better educated in relation to the profession and to, to achieve full professional status. They're also more ed better educated politically. And um, with those two things together, the fact that the profession is getting somewhere, maybe to bring itself up on, this, on the same level with law, don't know if that would ever happen. But nurses are more articulate. They're better educated before they come into nursing. And um, they're much more militant they're encouraged to be militant. They, they have these, the professional body that educates them. And so perhaps within the next 15, 20 years, there might be proper true equality, but I really don't know. No, no. Because the other, the other thing is that, um, yes, nurses generally might be much more aware much more militant but the men are still out there because we might have a very bright nurse a nurse who you know she wants to to be the top of her profession but then she's the one if she's married she has babies and so there's always a sort of conflict and the man doesn't have any children. He, he doesn't go through pregnancy or anything like that. So he can afford to just go ahead in the profession. And when, when you look at the positions that male nurses occupy as compared with female nurses, male nurses tend to have these big jobs like being in administration, they're the top of the profession there. And the female nurse, she's just lagging behind, even though she might she might be brighter than this male nurse. But this is what tends to happen. Is it, I don't think we'll ever get away from this gender thing because there's so much more that a woman has to sacrifice in order to reach the top than a man. Um, I don't know. That that is really interesting thought, actually. I mean, what with um 
Black Lives Matter as well at the moment. I mean, there, there's also, you know, things there, but predominantly in the MHS, there has always been a lot of black nurses, hasn't there? And that, that sort of stemmed back from, you know, the, the Windrush generation coming over when the NHS started. I mean, they, they didn't all start, um, didn't all work for the NHS. Some of them worked in, in trades as well. But, um, I mean, I think, uh, you know, that, that there's been sort of, you know, the, the thing about the NHS is that, you know, they actually recognise the history, don't they, the black history there. Um, whereas I think, you know, there has been a lot of recent things in the press where we, and, you know, we're all, you know, being educated as well now. A lot of people are being educated as into the fact that, you know, a lot of black history just was not spoken about things take a long time to to recognize the the contribution that black nurses have made to the nhs would go along with but would be parallel to black people being recognized by the the general population in england by, by the the indigenous population in england so if, if, if black people in the community are not recognized or they haven't been recognized by the white establishment, it stands to reason that black nurses also wouldn't be recognized, that we'll always be maybe like a wallflower or we, we, um, we, 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 we're not regarded with any respect. Our contribution is there, and um, we, we do work very, very hard. As a matter of fact, I think that the black nurses work harder on the wards than the white nurses. But when it comes to being promoted, it wouldn't be the black nurse who's promoted, it's the white nurse who's promoted. And one has to wonder, well, I, I could see all aspects of it. I could see the whole picture now because white nurses, nursing students and maybe junior nurses, they would not want to be guided or um, managed by a black nurse because black people on the whole aren't recognized. So who are you? to be telling me what I must do and giving me assignments and, and reprimanding me. So in order to avoid that sort of conflict on the wards or in any department, I could see the administration not promoting a black nurse, even though she's quite capable, they'll prefer to put a white nurse in charge of that unit because that's, um, what happens in the society. Yeah, yeah. I mean, did you, were there any changes? Because you, you know, you were in nursing effectively for, for 25 years. So was there no sort of progression with that at all over the 25 years? Um, well, here in England, I, 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 I did have some problems with that, but um, I think that maybe I don't like to talk about these situations because I understand them so well. You know, for example, I worked as a staff nurse, I worked with a ward sister and I just, I just love people. It doesn't matter to me if you're blue or green, black, white, polka dot. I just love people. And um, I understand about respect and honor to people mm -hmm. that once you're my, you're my supervisor, I just give you that respect and honor and I, yeah, I'll support you. And I was a senior staff nurse with the sword sister. 
And whenever she was on and she was doing a ward around, the consultant was coming around, she would have about six, seven nurses on with her. But when she went on holiday, she would just assign three nurses to me because she's on holiday, so I'm in charge of the ward. And she wouldn't give me the staff that she would give to herself. And the other nurses, what they saw, the other nurses and um, you know, the physios and the doctors, what they saw was that this black staff nurse was just very confusing that whenever the ward sister was away, this black nurse couldn't run the ward as, as, as quietly or as peacefully as, as the white ward sister. And I got so fed up with it that I had to call somebody's attention to it. And this person was in a close friend, friendship with a white ward sister. But she, she hadn't seen that. She hadn't seen it on the off-duty chart that when sister isn't there, this is what happens. When sister is there, this happens. She hadn't seen it at all. She just took it in her stride that, oh, this staff nurse, she doesn't know what she's doing. And, and it, wasn't, it wasn't so at all. I knew what I was doing, but I didn't have the staff to do the work. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, that's discrimination. That's, um, that was putting the patients at risk. And also de-skilling me, so to speak, that I couldn't because the patient's physical comfort at that time, that particular time, was the most important thing. I had to assign patients to myself, and I didn't have the time. I had to choose to do that because I could have been in the office going through files or so, which was my job anyway, but it would have meant that a patient was left in urine or in a mess or so so that's that's what that sort of prejudice did it it affected the patient and it demoralized me and it made pe people disrespect me when really truly i was a very good nurse i was a very good staff nurse but oh, Sad to hear that. I really am, Constance, because that that's really not fair, is it? You know, we're we're all equal in this life. We're all on the same playing field. It, it's it's silly. I mean, do you think though that that things have got better over the years that that you worked there, or not really? I I don't know. I don't think so because nurses are still complaining, but but then. There's a history to that because when nurses came to England and when black and with a windrush, with a windrush rush, when nurses came to <laughs> England, black nurses came. They, well, I would say when pe when people who were interested in nursing and who had been recruited to join the nursing profession here in England. They, they were not, um, there were two channels. You could become a staff nurse doing a three-year program, and that program would have led you to become a registered nurse. And then, you know, you could have gone into administration or teaching. And the other stream was, was a two-year program, whereby you couldn't be an administrator, you couldn't be a ward manager or be a, a ward sister or a staff nurse. And the nurses who came from the, the people who came from the Caribbean to take up nursing were guided into that two-year stream. But the, the, the white nurses, they were guided into the three-year stream. And from, from even before 1948, that was a system. So um, there we got this, the, the white nurse, who the, the black nurse, who really didn't have the opportunity to 
do administration at all. She was always what we call today frontline, frontline level, maybe a grade four, grade five, and never been able to, to man a war, to, 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 um, to change policy or anything like that. She was always like the underdog. So somebody, somebody else comes, another black nurse comes, and that black nurse is highly qualified, is already an SRN on, a, on the same plane, similar plane to the white nurse. And so there's competition there. And it, it doesn't matter how qualified, how capable that black nurse is, she'll never get that managerial position. But it's probably changing now a little because of, um, again, education. And the fact that Windrush was in 1948, it's 70-something years now. So we have children and grandchildren who've been born and, and bred here. And um, they, they, they're really, British, they're really English children, and they go to the schools here, they've been to the schools here, they're qualified, they've done their A-levels and what, and they too could go to university and do this nursing program that's now a three-year, four-year program at university. So it's, it should be better, and I'm quite sure it's better, but yet still, we wouldn't be seeing equal opportunities. We'll still have a lot of black nurses, frontline staff, and the policy makers, the decision makers would be the white nurses. And, and that's endemic in the society. And I, I tend to tell people that, look, we really shouldn't complain about those things. And they look at me as though they say, you gotta be crazy. I said, yes, it's not a good thing, it's a bad thing, it's demoralizing, it's just killing you. But in the country that I came from, a similar thing would have happened. Right. So it's just people. <laughs> is, is, you know, I, I mean, I think that certainly um, it, a lot of stuff is generational, isn't it? Because we... We are brought up by our parents who have been programmed in society a certain way, don't you think? And then, yeah. you know, as the generations have gone on, we now, um, or definitely my children's generation, um, you know, they're, they're called the Gen C, they're much more open-minded to just saying, well, you know, here's this piece of history that I've been taught here you are, so to speak. They're like, well, no, I'm questioning it. Um, and which is, which is a really good thing because things do need to change, you know, things yes, do need yeah. to, and people need to be more educated. I think, yes. you know, there's, it, it, it has, it's just everything has been handed down from your parents before. This is how you need to act. This is how you need yes. to. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, and I mean, definitely, you know, there, there was a shift in my generation. I mean, I, I'm a 70s child, um, you know, and I, I always say to my children, well, actually, we were the generation that started, started to ask questions and say, yeah. you know what, actually, we're going to push a few boundaries here. I think things are changing, but I mean, I think, you know, you're, you're quite right, is people need to be educated, don't they? Yes, yes, yes. And, and that, that takes time. That takes time. And, and this, this is, to me, this is life. <laughs> this, is, this, this is life. Some things shouldn't happen. But, um, <laughs> you know, for example, we have the English person, we have the indigenous population. Okay. And um, amongst people in the indigenous population, there are people who, young couples, couples with children, who can't afford to buy their own houses. 
So they're depending on social housing. And they're living with perhaps a mom, maybe three generations in a household. All in all, there are two families in that household and the, the younger family, they really need their own place. And the indigenous population would look and see other people who haven't contributed to, this, to the economy here at all, coming into England and being housed. Well, how are they supposed to feel? Now, the, the people who have come, whether they're refugees or you know they just want to come and live here and what, they'll see it from a different point of view. They'll see, well, look, you know, England is a really nice place. We've come here, we have so many children. And um, we were given a three-bedroom house or a caravan with three rooms or so to live in. And that's good. So we like English people. But a family shacked up with the grandparents would be very, very angry, and they would be justified in being angry. And that, that's how I tend to see the whole thing. Hmm. Yeah. We, we really need to look at all sides of it, look at it from the indigenous person's point of view, because if I'm a, if I'm a white staff nurse, and I'm quite capable, and there's a position going there. Well, why, 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 why would I not get that position? That you give it to a foreigner, you give it to a black person, because that person is black. You know, and I might be, I might, I might not be as highly qualified as a black person, but it would still be a grouse. So. It's um, it's not. It's a very complex situation. Yeah, yeah, it is a very complex situation, isn't it? it and um, you know, I think you know, over time we will get there. I think you know, it it it's all about you know, just equality for everybody is is what what you need in life, isn't it? Yes, equality, but. That's a nice word on paper. We could never be equal. <laughs> this, this is life and we're just human beings and we're just trying our best to navigate life. And because if, if <laughs> okay, if there's equality right across the board, you have six white ward sisters, you have six black ward sisters. Something is going to happen. And then the politicians are going to get into it. And there's, there's going to be, still be unrest, still be upheaval. Um, we long for equality. But to, to me, it's, it's just utopian. We just have to tag along and do what's best at any given time. We just do what's best. And if, um, if things go wrong, we just push, keep on pushing pushing, pushing, and maybe your grandchildren in, in, their, in their generation, they'll probably be able to, to do it better. Because with all these mixed-race children around, it will be interesting to see what goes on. Absolutely. I agree with you. I agree with you. Definitely. Definitely. And how... How the nursing system and how the NHS will have changed. I mean, that that'll be interesting to see in the next 70 years. Do you, do you think that the NHS will still be around in the next 70 years? According to the person whose brainchild it was, the NHS would continue as long as people push for it, as long as people want it, the NHS is going to continue. Perhaps it wouldn't continue the way in which, well, even now, it's not the way in which Nye Bevan wanted it, even though 
I say that it wasn't really his idea that the NHS, when you look at the structure of the NHS, when you look at what the NHS is to the world and to, to, to the United Kingdom, it's something that must have come out of heaven. Heaven must have put that in the mind of Nye Bevan and his associates because it's such a beautiful system. It's complex, it's complicated, but it's a, it's a great system, it's a beautiful system. And it could only evolve and evolve in a way that is going to be better, that the, the basic tenets would still be the same, even though certain aspects of it would change because society is changing. So society changes, things can't remain stagnant. But the NHS to me would always be a place, a healthcare system whereby anyone you could be the queen you could be doesn't matter what station in life you're from that you could go to a hospital you could go to your gp and you could get proper care the care that you need at that particular time without anybody discriminating against you without anybody saying to you oh well you're this or you look this way whatever and, and to me, that's what the foundation members wanted. That's what Niall Bevan wanted, that nobody would be discriminated against when it came to care. You know, we wouldn't have to be paying money at our point of need. If I turn up an accident in emergency and I have to dish out a hundred pounds or 10 pounds. That's what they didn't want. And to me, the NHS, that that would never change. But other, other things about the NHS would change. You know, for example, like, um, like how we order stuff. We order equipment and syringes and so on. Nice, there's a lot of things wasted. Now, perhaps there would be some sort of tailoring of that. And certain departments would, um, would also maybe be farmed out to some somewhere else but the rail nhs wouldn't change no well you know thank you constance for joining me today on tea time with ali one jack because you know you've given us some uh, well given me some amazing insights to working with the nhs for so long over 25 years and also you know some of your life story so so thank you so much for sharing that with me you're very welcome ali i i didn't know what this was going to be about but, um, but if i could leave if i could say this last thing about the nhs because i'll never give up on the nhs with all these weaknesses i'll never speak ill of the nhs it's just i just love the nhs on because of what it can do for people here in England, what it does for people here in England. And the reason, that's the reason why for people who have never contributed to this system, they come from Japan or wherever they want to come to England to get care. On Monday, I had an appointment to see the cardiologist. And um, normally I would travel on a buggy to go from point A to point B in the hospital. I'll go to reception and I'll get a buggy. I wouldn't walk all around the corridors to get to the apartment. But because of lockdown, lock-in or whatever, I, I, I didn't see any buggies. I imagine that they're not running. So I had to walk to me. It was nearly a mile I had to walk to get to the, to the department. And um, because I'm not very well, I collapsed. I collapsed about one minute from the cardiology department. And when I realized that I was going to collapse, I just eased myself down onto the, onto the ground so that I wouldn't bang my head or anything. And when I caught myself, there were about four or five people around me. There were two porters and nurses and a doctor. And I'm thinking, where did these people come from? 
so they, they're talking to me about what happened to you? Did you bang your head? Did you this? I said no. And where are you? Um, you know, trying to, to see if I'd lost consciousness or whatever. Where are you? And what's your name? And why are you here? And then when they heard that I'd come to, I was an outpatient, they just ran across. The cardiology part department was just opposite, really. And they just went there and they said, well, look, there's somebody outside who's collapsed and this is her name. Do you have a booking for her or, or do we take her to the cardiac ward? The consultant said, well, if you were to take her to the cardiac ward, because they believed that I was having a heart attack. They said, well, he said, well, if you were to take her across to the cardiac ward, I would still have to leave here and go and look after her because I'm on call. So bring her here right now. My appointment was 11 o'clock. This was happening at the court at 11. And Ali, they took me into the cardiac department. And as I looked at their operation there, how, how they crowded around me, they brought two wheelchairs for me. Um, one lady said to me, where do you live? I said, I live in Woodley. She said, oh, but I'm in Winners. I'm just so far from you. And she was just trying to calm me down make me relax by talking to me like that. And the doctors, everybody, I'm looking at them and I'm saying, this is the NHS. They did not know me. They just saw this black woman come in with a, on the floor with a mask over her face. They didn't know if I was criminal or what, but it was the NHS at work. They came and they took care of me. And I said, oh my God, this is really great. Thank God for the NHS. That, that is a lovely story. It's a, it's a yeah, concerning story as well. You are all right now, aren't you, Constance? Yes, I'm all right, but I'm all right because of those porters. Those porters, those two porters, I don't even think that they were English. You know, they, they could have just passed me by, but they didn't. Aww. They stopped me and said, Madam, what's, what's the matter with you? And uh, when I couldn't reply, they went and they, they got a nurse from the, the next ward. And even after one hour of me being there, the lady, the nurse who, she was from another ward, she came to see me. She said, well, I just wanted to know what had happened to you. So I'm here to see. I said, well, do you work in this ward? She said, no, I don't work in the ward. But I met you this morning. I just wondered what had happened to you. And that was great. Oh, that, that was fantastic. What a lovely story and what true compassion. That's amazing, yeah. isn't it? And that's what the NHS is all about. That could have happened to anybody. They would have done the same thing. They didn't know me. I wasn't wearing a uniform. I don't look like the queen. I don't look like. But the patient was in need and they helped. Oh, and that, that is good to hear as well. So that, you know, you're okay. And you're all right at the moment. Yes, as all right as I could be. Yeah, I, I live. Well, that's the main thing, Constance. And, you know, thank you for being here with me today. So that, that it's been lovely to, to properly chat with you. Thank you very much for having me.